For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Good evening, everyone. Uh, and I'm very happy to have speaking this evening Fushin Susan Jean-Baum. Uh, Fushin um, is a priest practicing at Ancient Dragons and Gate. Uh, Fushin practiced previously with my teacher, Tenshin Reb Anderson, at Green Gulch, and was priest ordained by Sosan Flynn at Clouds and Water uh, Zen Center in Minneapolis, but uh, has recently uh, transferred and is now training with me at Ancient Dragons Engage. So I'm happy to have a new priest training, uh, a new priest serving and training at Ancient Dragons Engage. Um, I think Fushin has given talks at our Hyde Park group, but is, this is the first time she's given a talk at Ancient Dragon, and I'm uh, delighted to have you uh, practicing with us. Fushin lives in Nashville, Tennessee, but has uh, so is e- easily accessing us through Zoom as uh, along with other people who are at a distance, but also Fushin uh, has traveled to Chicago and will again when we have a a temple in Chicago. Um, Fushin came to our Rohatsu Sashin last December. So uh, thank you, Fushin. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for being here. Um, Thank you for... Um, give me this opportunity to speak with you tonight. Um, so maybe you've heard that the topic tonight is friendship. And um, I've been thinking about, actually, for a while, and Alan Sonicky, when he spoke, uh, spoke of the question about a response as the... <laughs> answer to the question of what what should one do in one's lifetime. And um, so there are, you know, a lot of resources that we can draw from that have to do with friendship in Buddhist literature. Um, I didn't find any reference to friendship in any of our chants, specifically to friendship, but... Um, uh, where I started in my research, actually, I, I should uh, let you know that Reb Tenshin Roshi spoke of friendship in 2014 for a period of time and referred to it frequently. Um, so you might want to look at the website, um, www.rebanderson.org, which will take you to his Noah Bode Hermitage website with a lot of his talks. And if you look in 2014, there are quite a number of talks that are specifically highlighting the theme of friendship. So I was very inspired by those talks, um, but also by a talk, a talk, a, an essay that Norman Fisher uh, wrote um, See, called Making Friends on the Buddhist Path. Can everybody hear me all right? Okay. Making Friends on the Buddhist Path, and you can find that online also. It was published in Lion's Roar. Um, 
anyway, um, in early Buddhist literature, there's this um, sutta called the, excuse me, the Yupada Sutta on friendship and Ananda and Buddha, Gautama Buddha are, are walking together and Ananda just realizes how many good friends he has around and he says something like, um, well, that must be half of the, of the path right there. What do you think? And, well, he didn't ask that. that that's my addition. Buddha says, uh, no, Ananda, uh, good friendship is the entirety of the, the holy path. So um, frequently friendship is referred to in Buddhist circles um, specifically in, in relation between a, a teacher and a student or a senior practitioner and a more junior practitioner um, and the uh, way that it's spoken of in the early Buddhist literature is in terms of the admirable or noble or virtuous qualities that um, practitioners embody that are encouraging or inspiring for people who may not have um, come to come to know or be familiar with Buddhist teachings, that uh, this embodiment, these qualities um, are attractive. They draw uh, others to ask, you know, what's going on there? You know, what are, what are you doing? Uh, why do you have this demeanor and so on calm? And um, I remember, I mean, the story of when Buddha, um, had his major enlightenment experience and he came back to the friends that friends that he had been uh, ascetic practicing ascetic practices with and they noticed that he was like different and I said well what's going on so and then he began um, to teach um, so in Buddhist context, frequently we think of friendship in terms of spiritual friendship and what kinds of relationships Sangha members have to one another. And that's, that's great. Um, but I, if friendship is the entirety of the holy life, the entirety of the holy life, then the friendship that we practice may need to be extended. And I'm thinking about exactly, you know, what, what we're experiencing today in our lives and what people who we know or people who the people we know know are going through, you know, um, the fires in, on the West coast and just, Traumas just abound and grief and loss and, and suffering. So um, I would like to highlight for tonight's discussion the importance not so much of having friends, which is great. It's great to have wonderful friends. But I would like to highlight the importance of befriending 
of being, embodying friendship with the people who we care about, with the people that maybe we may not be so crazy about, don't have a particular affinity for, but encounter in our daily lives. What, what, would, that, what would that mean? What would it be to befriend? Um, and so... Um, before I go any farther in saying anything, um, let me just encourage us to come back to the quiet and stillness that we were enjoying during Zazen. Um, because It's here that we are sitting with the Buddhas and the ancestors. And they are befriending us and enabling us to befriend each other and other people. I remember at a session uh, a couple of years ago, um, Reb was actually, Tenshin Roshi was actually speaking of sitting in the middle of the fierce flames with the Buddhas, with the Buddha, the Buddhas. And I was reading um, uh, Dogen's Only a Buddha and a Buddha today, and I was considering um, befriending as offering, always offering, uh, offering of ourselves especially quiet, especially attuning to what, what's happening. And so perhaps we need to begin with ourselves. We begin with befriending ourselves. Um, we begin listening deeply to what's going on. And, you know, this is, this is the practice of zazen. But it doesn't stop when we get up off our cushion. Or, I mean, it just changes, slightly changes form, right? So that's why kinhin is really nice, because when we do kinhin, we don't really do kinhin on Zoom. <laughs> so it's one of the things I, I miss a little bit. But, you know, it's the, it's the bearing. It's the uprightness of zazen that enables us to be somewhat at ease, even with conflictive, afflictive emotions. I was listening to a little talk that Thich Nhat Hanh gave recently on how to care for, how to deeply care for afflictive emotions. It's really, really wonderful. It's on YouTube. Um, and he, he talks about telling afflictive emotions in ourselves that we're going to take really good care of them. We're going to befriend our afflictive emotions, and they're not just ours. See, these these um, difficulties and suffering are ours together. I mean, not just not just mine. It's not a possession of mine. But 
this this resource that Zazen enables us to um, attune ourselves with, that enables us to offer ourselves whatever that is, whatever that appearance, whatever that expression is, we can offer that to our surroundings, to the things in our surroundings as a gift. You know, we have that um, chant, uh, the emptiness of the three wills, giver, receiver, and gift. But I want to put emphasis on the, the resource of compassion and wisdom that Zazen enables us to access. So practicing, befriending ourselves has to do with being deeply aware, deeply attuned to whatever it is we happen to be conscious of, you see. So I want to make a distinction here that gets kind of smushed sometimes between awareness and consciousness. I think it's very, very helpful. Awareness is not dual. Consciousness is always dual, always, always more than one. So when we're conscious of something, we're, there's always a this over here and a that there. I mean, they're together. Awareness is like the opening of this wide space. You know, Suzuki Roshi t- talks about giving the cow a very large field to roam around in. So awareness is this open field. And this is what we offer to ourselves and to our friends and to our not so much the people who I have affinities with. Usually we talk about friendship in terms of affinities, people who we find certain kinds of commonalities with, who we like, who we find interesting. But befriending as the entirety of the holy life is to, as much as possible, you know, this is a practice, a skill. Befriending is a skill. That's why Buddha was the only master, right? Well, Buddha is a master of the skill of befriending. So um, anyway, we bring this resource always that enables us to offer whatever it is. If we are tuning, we offer what it is that might promote ease, support, release, to ourselves, to another, ease, support, release. And if we don't know, which is happens a lot, we just cultivate patience, listening, because the next moment things change. See, so. Um, I know, you know, it, I'm, I'm offering to you an aspiration that you may be able to be in touch within yourselves by considering perhaps 
the first time you met a teacher who opened a possibility of learning about yourself in a way that was not available to you before. And so, you know, as a, as a teacher, we can offer something. As a student, we may learn something. So this, we trade off, you see. So every once in a while, in befriending, you see, every once in a while what happens is someone befriends you too. Someone comes forth to you and offers you something, and you go, wow, that's really amazing. And then there's this, this face-to-face connection, this intimacy. It's not only then, because in befriending, there's deep intimacy with, with what's going on, whatever it is, deep intimacy. Friendship is the intimacy with what's going on. Today I was walking at Radnor Lake, my favorite little natural area. This is interesting. So uh, um, Neozan was talking about his uh, um, praying mantis. Well, not his, but the praying mantis in the garden that he met. I don't know if you've heard, you heard his talk. But. Well, today there was this, this little caterpillar hanging from this really fine thread all the way from the top, the highest tree that I could see, right in the middle of the road, just dangling there, right? Just hanging there. And I thought, oh, and it, it looked like I was looking at him. It looked like he was trying gradually like, to work his way back up. And I was going, well, I think it's a lot easier to let yourself down on that thing than to get yourself back up to the top of the tree. Well, but I didn't know this was an insect. This was a little caterpillar, right? And I wonder, what am I going to do? You know, in, in my aspiration to befriend, and I remembered a story I think it's from Zhuangzi, where there's a farmer who wants to help his little plants along. So every morning he walks out and he gives each little little plant that he's planted a little tug because he wants to help them. And and poor little babies all die, of course. You know. So I was thinking about that. And actually, then I walked away, but I, I could not, I could not leave. So I had to go back, and I looked at him, and I took him, I took the little string, and I walked it over to the side of the road, and I put it down on a leaf. I did that. I mean, I don't know whether that was a good thing to do, the right thing to do, but that was an offering. I, I did what I felt like would be <laughs> easier for this poor little caterpillar. It's just a little example. I wanted to tell you that story about the, the farmer that went out and pulled on the little plants anyway. Um, that, that would be an example of not being very skillful at trying to befriend somebody. So lots of times in 
befriending ourselves, other people. We want to do something. I want to like help, I want to fix it. But I remember another thing that Tenjin Roshi said to me. He said, give them their lives. I was worried about a friend of mine who was a recovering alcoholic and I, yeah. and he said, give, give them their lives. It was a very strange thing for him to say. I didn't understand it at the time. It's, it's that in offering friendship, befriending, all of our lives find an expression. Even if it's full of suffering, but the intention for deliberate befriending is to listen to find what might promote, ease, support, release. And if we don't know, patience. Well, even if we do feel like we know, patience, because most of the time we have to be patient with our desire to, like, you know, make it better. Being with this, I was reading the Lotus Sutra today. All of this, all of it is Buddha Dharma. All of it, without exception. That's kind of um, a tough thing. But in befriending, we can offer release and relief as well as being attuned to what's going on. That's all I need to say tonight. Thank you. I'm happy for conversation. Sure, wait. Um, the story about the the little plants was delightful, um, <laughs> and it, it reminded me. I used to be a, a gardener. I used to do that professionally, and um, one thing that one thing that you learn is when you're growing plants in a greenhouse, a lot of growers will like run their hands over crops, like especially really small little plants, and what it does is like it's a, it's a slight stress. You know, they wiggle some and in response to that it makes them stronger it helps them build up their structure to become sturdier more compact robust plants instead of long leggy things that can't really hold themselves up and blow over in a wind um so that's that's maybe the skillful corollary to this poor um poor gardener who had more enthusiasm than knowledge um (laughs) about it uh but i thought that that was interesting because that's befriending those seedlings is to give them a, just a little bit of abuse, a little bit of stress. Um, but that's, that's an expression of a friendship. And I also wondered if maybe, if maybe letting that caterpillar get eaten by 
a bird, since it was an easy target, might not be an expression of friendship to the caterpillar, but maybe is would that have been an, an expression of friendship? Would that have been befriending the bird or the ecosystem or, um, yeah, help, helping improve the gene pool of caterpillars, uh, the ones that were clever enough to not get eaten, carry on stronger genes? I, I, I don't know. Just, just thoughts on the natural examples because I, that's the way that I view the world being someone keenly interested in, in plants specifically. But You know, one of the other things I was going to mention is um, timeliness in, in befriending, but it seemed to get too complicated. Um, but you know, when I couldn't walk away from the caterpillar, I thought that was really interesting. I mean, it was like uh, there was something internally that was going on, and I didn't know what it was, but the response that arose is to go back up the hill and put the little thing on. That was the response that I gave at that time. Maybe, who knows? I mean, I don't know what, you know, but everything is very specific. And also, you know, this, this ongoing befriending, the, the developing that skill, it, it's it's like a, a commonality that we can cultivate. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a universal. It's it's like zazen. It's like, and so it is an expression of zazen. It seems to me. But I don't know. Uh, I think it's really interesting that if you if you touch the little plants, that they are strengthened. That, that mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't call that. I mean, it, their stresses are not necessarily bad, but. Um, you know, it's the internal, internal. It's the attunement. It's kind of your ear where you can kind of hear whether something's just not, whether something's off. I'm, I'm using a metaphor here, but it's not really visual. It's like, it's like, a, it's like an attunement. And, you know, when I'm with a person, when I'm talking to a person on the telephone, I listen very keenly to find out where the stopping point is in our conversation. So timeliness is a really important, it's like what, what not to do, not to carry it over, not to talk too long, not to go too far with, with my leaning forward. Um, you know, what, what is it that enables that, quiet not to get completely full of noise and disappear <laughs> yes please paul there we go um a very generous spirit it's quite warm and lovely I, I i deeply appreciate it and i i tried to think go back and think friendship is not something that's talked about in Buddhism a whole lot, at least not in the East. And I try to think of what, what any Japanese person I ever teacher I ever came across talking about friendly friendship. And the first one that came to my mind was Kategori Roshi would, would spend a lot of time talking about the most important thing for us to do is become friends with ourselves. 
that we had to make friends with ourselves before anything else could happen. We couldn't, we shouldn't like try to correct ourselves or, or, or we should become friends with ourselves and, and admit all of our bumps and wiggles and weirdnesses and, and, and be, be, we'd be comfortable with that. And then from there we could, we could move on. So that was, that was, that was the first friendship thing. And then, uh, then, then uh, Suzuki Roshi's widow, who was a good deal younger than him because his first wife had been killed by a jealous or bad monk. Anyway, a monk in the temple had killed her after the war. Uh, it was a very sad thing and left him as a single parent for a while. Then he, and the, this, 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 the, the oaks on the, the wife that he was, that he had was probably arranged for him, given to him. She was a nursery school teacher, but she was kind of as tough as he was gentle. And, and she, I remember, I remember she came to visit me when I was in Japan after his, after his, after he died. And I was trying to be friend. I tried to be helpful, nice and saying, you know, saying, being sympathetic, saying how, how, how much she must miss him, how difficult it must be now that she's alone. And she said, you know, we're always alone. <laughs> that was, that was her response. So, so that's, that's the other side of the coin. It's, it's friendship is one side. And the fact that we are, we are all alone, totally alone is the other side of the other coin. They both, it's like four minutes. They both make up, make up reality. <clears throat> and she also said, she was also, she said one time, Something was going on. I don't remember what it was, but somebody was acting out. And she got so mad. She got real mad. She said, you people just don't care for each other. You're just not really friends with each other. You just don't really care. You let people do all kinds of things without getting in their face and, and, and pressuring them, pushing them to, to stop doing it. She said, you just, you, just, you're just, you just don't care about each other. So that's, I think the other side of friendship also is that you, uh, you, you, it's like, it's like rubbing your hands over the, over the plants. I mean, it's a, uh, there's there's a little a little little rough encouragement is also a good part of friendship. Anyway, those are the only things I can think of in my in my memory bank about things I learned over the last fifty years from, from Asians Asian people about friendship. But um, it's not it's not something I think because they are so homogeneously connected in, in empathy that that specialized friendship is more of a Western concept I think than an Eastern concept. But uh, it's one that's one that's very precious to us and dear to us, and um, I certainly I certainly cherish my friends, and I find it a very important part of my life to have to have a group of friends that I that I communicate with on a regular basis. So thank you very much for bringing that out. In response to the alone thing, it is exactly when we find ourselves alone that we can befriend ourselves. So, and speaking up and expressing ourselves freely. I mean, allowing ourselves to express ourselves freely and being patient when that, that freedom gets a little bit out of, out of line. Out of line. I mean, it goes too far. And we know when it does because it just generates disease. 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 So, uh, you know... That's part of the skill. I, you know, I, I don't, I, maybe Xing Yu will, will speak on friendship and her experience from being raised in 
China. Would you do that? I'm sorry. Xingyu is she's uh, one of the people who are is here on the chat and maybe. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't have any friends. No. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. We, we, we Asians do make friends. <laughs> um, there is a... Uh, uh, like what Paul said, uh, I have a different feeling for, like, in terms of friendship. Um, like, in terms of, in, in the Chinese culture sense... I there are a few things. One one is historically people uh they're they're often like folks describing about males being friends. Uh mostly it's because of how but let, let's put that aside, but mostly how people do become friends is perhaps like they they go in front of an altar and then they say, Oh, we become brothers from now on. So uh so that was uh, it, it occurred in like the Three Kingdoms, which was a very famous um, classical Chinese novel, and and then speaking of friendship, I also I thought about a popular song that I that it was just so classical and everybody knows it in China, and it was something like, um, "When your life is going well, forget about me, but when you have difficulties, remember me." And um, I have found that uh, I sometimes have, I feel like uh, sometimes people perceive friends as people to have fun with, who have a good time with. Um, But uh, there's also like, but I'm pretty sure it's, probably also in American culture, but like sometimes difficult times are, uh, can also help you see the friends whom you might not have seen. And, uh, um, yeah, so since you're talking about Asian culture in some ways, so the, the story you talked about, the, the little fun thing, I don't know if we t- we're talking about the same story, but there is this really famous short story that's that we learned as a child, like as a way to to inspire inspire us. Was there was this guy who really wants wants his plants to grow to uh, to grow fast, and so he saw these little plants. He's like, I'm going to let you grow tall. So he like. Like uh, pull up a little bit for every plant, and then the second day, all the plants died. So uh, yeah, the, the 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 phrase is called 拔苗助长. It was the four four character phrase in Chinese, and um, yeah, they they it often depicts of wanting too much, like in terms of progress, wishing for too much, and and I feel like that's exactly what you said in terms of friendship, like. Um, yeah, when there's like too much expectation or like, I want to get something out of this, then it's, it's, it becomes skewed. It becomes like involved with ego and, uh, 
Yeah, I have so many things to say, and it's so great to hear you talk about like friendship as a friend of mine, <laughs> and that is uh, just so nice. Yeah, thank you. So, isn't that isn't the central virtue in Confucius? Doesn't that character have a, a the Ren character have a two in it? So humaneness, humanity, but it's the the heart connection with another, maybe. <laughs> That's always maybe here. I maybe you can lose it, I'll lose touch with it, maybe. But anyway, yeah, Ed. Oh, Fushin. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Fushin. You know, I would, when I was a kid, I'd watch Charlie Brown all the time, and he never really had any friends in a way. And in fact, even his, Snoopy? Well, Snoopy came closest, but Snoopy really didn't, you know, sort of disregarded him a little bit. Maybe not, not intentionally. And even Linus, none of them really, they were all sort of on their own in a way. And this one time, uh, Charlie Brown went to Lucy Van Pelt, you know, she was a psychiatrist, and and said... Well, for a nickel? I think it was a dime, or a quarter. Actually, I don't remember. It was some small amount. But she said, when you call your friends, you have to dial them louder. <laughs> but I was struck emotionally by the landscape that... Charlie Brown resided in and his and Linus with the great pumpkin and everything. And that just as you were saying, there's an essential um, separation between the self and one's maybe emotional needs. And emotional needs are often met contemporaneously by people here and there. But the bond, the bond is an action based on kindness more than anything else, maybe. I don't know. I throw that out there. I think it's a difficult subject. I think it's very important. You know, Shinyu was saying we, we sometimes feel like we want to get something out of our relationships, right? I mean, there's something that we feel like we want to get from things we want to get it and what i'm suggesting is that part of the skill of befriending ourselves and others is finding something to offer a gift because we don't like we don't it even our lives don't we don't possess our lives and I agree with you, these emotional, conflictive emotional conditions that we find ourselves in, believe me, I mean, you know, they can really feel like they're gripping. But when I, when I find that I can hear that, hear it deeply, and then maybe something like what Thich Nhat Hanh suggested, say, I can, I'm going to take good care of you. I'm going to take good care of you. 
because then we're not completely collapsed into the emotional state that we're involved in. But we're also befriending that emotional state. It's really good practice. It's really hard, and sometimes we can't do it. And we need friends. We do. You know, we call on our the people who have been supportive, who with whom we found ease and support and release, right? We call on them. But we may be really disappointed, and that's really hard too. So befriending ourselves, this is what Paul was saying too, that this is this is the beginning, maybe the end also, the end meaning meaning the the realization, the practice and the realization of good friendship. Whether it be between student and teacher or colleagues or animals. You know, you saw my kitty, Tygen's kitty got up on his table too. I mean, it's amazing when you begin to befriend someone. It's an amazing thing that can happen and doesn't always happen. But you know, people hear that in their bodies. We hear that. We feel it. There's a resonance. Even, Even if it's not acknowledged. So, I mean, you know, and frequently it's not, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's the giving that matters. It's the befriending that matters. I mean, it's wonderful to receive things too. Absolutely wonderful. I love you guys. You're here with me. Where would I be without you? <laughs> so, does that, is that, do you want to say anything more about that, Ed? No, I appreciate that. I think it, I think as you as you're mentioning, it's fundamentally kind an act of kindness. You can't know either your internal and emotional landscape or those around you, and so it's an act of kindness and acceptance without understanding in many ways. I think understanding is overrated <laughs> frequently. I mean, intellectual or even emotional understanding. I mean. We don't have to understand our friends. It's amazing. We don't. I mean, when there is resonance, great, but. Just briefly, because um, uh, it relates to what you just said, I, I liked your comment about consciousness and awareness because consciousness is when we think we're conscious of something out there so there's this subject object separation awareness is like like in zazen when we're not you know it's just we're all we're 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 there together with and there's something about sometimes in friendship when we're just with together with someone um, or someone's. And so it's different from, you know, projecting ourselves. Um, so that, that, that's, that, that's, that, that's a part of that, I think, what you're talking about too, just to be together with. So that distinction, I think, is, is important. There's a lot of... A lot of Buddhism has to do with studying consciousness, but there's this underlying awareness that's also a possibility that Sazen shows us. So, yeah, I just wanted to 
come back to that, which you, you know, you brought up. Thank you. And it's really important too, that they're not awareness and consciousness. <laughs> they're not too, right? And so, too. But when we're primarily oriented in consciousness, the two-ness is prominent. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, thank you. Um, thank you so much for your, your talk. Um, I mean, so much resonated. Um, uh, I really, really enjoy, uh, you mentioned Suzuki Roshi talking about the uh, cow in the field. It's always been one of my favorite images um, the idea of if you letting let it let a cow have you know uh, a very large area to roam around in you know um, where, um, they'll be the happiest and it made me think of uh, an American popular song um, by Sting which is uh, if you love someone set them free <laughs> um, but the, the, the <laughs> but the idea of um, uh, allowing people uh, and beings uh space um when i was little i had a, a very small calico kitten um and i thought it was the cutest thing ever and when i first got it i was so excited and every time i you know i wanted to run up and you know cuddle it and smush it and pet it and play with it um very quickly it um started to just run away from me whenever I came into the room um because it was like oh um and so there was a while where I was a little sad because it was like, oh, it doesn't like me. Uh. Um, but after a while, when I kind of allowed it to do its thing, um, it would come up to me. When I gave it the space, um, the kitten would come up to me and sit in my lap or, you know, lie on my back. And, and um, allowing that space really created that friendship that we needed. And so I think, um, which is an interesting thing that we often don't think of with friendship, is like sometimes it is about giving the person space. Um, to your other point about, um, being friends with yourself, which is something that I unfortunately struggle with, you know, I, um, I grew up with a lot of negative self-talk in my head and, um, it's been very hard to unlearn that. And, but what I find is that when I, when I allow myself to settle and to really, um, treat myself kindly, um, that's when that awareness comes. And I'm able to actually be there, show up in the best way for everyone and for all beings, um, because I'm not clouded by delusion. Um, and it's amazing. And it's hard work, but but it's so great to to see that. Um, and so that uh, resonated with me. So so thank you. When I first went to Green Gulch Farm, people were kind to me, and I was going. <laughs> like what are you doing <laughs> right there was deep suspicion because I had literally never experienced kindness without you know some kind of ulterior motive behind it or I, I hadn't been aware that I had I mean there probably had been some but but I realized then it was stunning to realize that it, I was the problem or, or, you know, so, and then um, I wanted to be like that. 
It was inspiring. I was amazed. So, yeah, I mean, um, it's interesting to work with these tapes, you know, because uh, you just kind of want to say, shut up. <laughs> but I, the only thing that I've found that works is, is kindness. Even kindness with my unkindness. Thank you very much for that. Oh, and the kitten thing. I get that. I totally, totally get that because, you know, I want to run after my cat all the time. And like, you know, and he goes. <laughs> uh, so I, it's absolutely right. David Ray, David Ray. Um, Sushin, thank you. Um, response and a question. Uh, just sitting here aware how grateful I feel for this Sangha as a, as a place of, of friendship. And, you know, this is, this is a time when, in, in, when there's, I'm, I'm reading, there's more collective trauma now since any time before World War II. And that sounds right. I mean, that's probably not provable, but that sounds right. And I'm doing okay. And we sitting here seem to be doing okay. And, and I, I have a community of friends and, and this, this is, this is the main one. Um, a few years ago, I gave a talk at a, a conference on ancient networking, networking in the classical world. And I gave a talk called, Would Aristotle Say That, that Facebook Friends are, are, are Friends? And I was like, well, of course he wouldn't. And, and the audience was like, no, he wouldn't, because he's a perfectionist. And I'm like, no, that's not true. That's not true. It doesn't have to be perfect friendship. And, and our, you know, the, the Western philosophical tradition acknowledges that too. Any, any connection that is interpersonal and sustained you know, counts as friendship. I'm, I'm so grateful for it. So that's, that's the response. And, the, and then the question um, that I've been sitting with, actually, uh, Mike, you, you kind of touched on it. I have a friend whose negative self-talk comes up every day. I'm in contact with him every day. And one day it's, I'm fat. And I want to say, oh, you're not fat, you're beautiful, but I don't. Another day it's I'm inadequate. Another day it's I'm stupid. He's, he's, he's a brilliant, you know, graduate student, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I struggle with that. I don't know what the, I, I struggle with like how to be patient. Uh, I, I want to find the negative self-talk and slap the crap out of it. <laughs> and I know that's not helpful, but I want to do it. Um, so I appreciate your words about patience. And if you have anything more on that, uh, on that line, I would sure appreciate it. And thank you again. With my friends, I mean, I, we're not going for perfection, <laughs> but the aspiration to befriend can be very helpful. And, you know, so it's a skill. We're developing a skill here. And with my friends, I mean, you know, negative self-talk, it's just so interesting. It's one of the ways that we, I think we try to prop ourselves up by, you know, feeling powerful because we can make ourselves feel like shit, you know? So, um, but it's like very self-dividing. I always see if I can find something that I can say to um, 
or just my presence, just to communicate support and appreciation. You know, I mean, because eventually it'll, you know, the, the, the skin falls off and then, you know, new skin grows and, and then you die. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so whatever you're doing, I'm sure it's very helpful for him. Being his friend is just a wonderful thing. Thank you. Go ahead, Xingyu. So, uh, David, what you just said remind me of. Uh, so, I in the past I've had depression and anxiety for like very serious condition, and um, and then I remember how my mom and my sister just had such a hard time just being because they really loved me and they didn't want me to suffer. And they, so they really wanted me to just, I asked, why are you so critical of yourself? You're already super smart and things like that. They would say that, but like, I would feel happy for a moment. And then later on, I'm like, no, I'm still stupid. And <laughs> I just feel like, but, but then I, what they have told me was they, it was really just patience and time. Like it took time and their presence had meant like a whole lot to me. Like, I, I couldn't have like made through. I, I feel like it's just so hard to recover without companionship. So I, just like Kushin said, it, just being there is quite enough and uh, be patient and things will go well. <laughs> Thank you. Xingyu, would, could you, would you share those four characters in chat if you're able to the, the, for that proverb? Ashley, did you want to say something? I I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't, I'm just kind of thinking to what she, you know, she needed just said uh, for David, and I would I would have to totally agree um, that friendship and just having. Having loving support um, has really um, made the difference in a lot of um, different areas in my life. And without having those people, I probably would not be sitting here today. So just uh, just write it out with them, David. Um, your presence will probably be more than you can possibly imagine. So thanks. And isn't it a, a joy, David, to offer friendship in that way? Even even though it's kind of irritating. <laughs> yeah, and and there, there are moments when he's awesome and happy and wonderful, and that's that's a lot of the time. And yeah, yeah. And and the the, the self loathing loathing is savage, and I'm no stranger to it either. And I, I'm loving hearing this. This is really great. Thank you, guys. Alex, are you there? Yes, I am here. I'm using my iPad, though, which the camera is funky. Okay, I'm glad to hear your voice. I know you have. Thank you. Thank you for the really excellent Dharma talk and for the for the really excellent conversation that's followed. I I, I echo much of what has been said, and I, I really appreciate the Sangha as a community and as a resource and as friends, too. 
I'm bowing, though you can't see me. On that note, uh, thank you, Fushin, for a very friendly talk. And um, for everybody, to everybody else, and maybe it's time to uh, do our closing chant. So, wait.